0: Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, the Armstrong and Getty Show. The fact is, Millie has made his choice,
1: and he's chosen to indulge the radical whims of Democrats. He'll do everything they tell him, as long as they keep the military-industrial complex flush with cash. That's Laura Ingram, unhappy with the General Milley yesterday as he testified to Congress about critical race theory being taught at, taught at military academies. What is General Milley? Is he joint chiefs guy? Yeah, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I suppose we ought to hear what he said as we've heard the commentary from Laura Ingram there. Here's a little of General Milley yesterday.
2: On the issue of critical race theory, etc., I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, but I do think it's important, actually, Uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university, uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. uh, And I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find that out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders now and in the future do understand it.
1: So I thought that was a pretty interesting leap he made there. He's going with, I guess, he's taking it as just um, settled fact that what happened at the Capitol on January 6th was about white supremacy. And
0: overturning the
1: Constitution. Um Well, I do think they were trying to get Donald Trump to get to stay in office. Which is, some some of the people were. The hardcore were, yeah. Well, Those are the only people I care about. Is the hardcore people that showed up and busted down the doors and were willing to beat on cops and oh yeah. we're going to duck mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi or whatever. Those are the people I care about. But I still am not convinced it's got anything to do with white supremacy, which is what we're just dis- dis- discussing here. Why why they're tr- teaching critical race theory in our mil- military academies?
0: Right. See, well, he's he, he, suggesting we're just reading it because it's an interesting ideology the same way we read Mao Zedong. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not buying that.
1: No, I'm not either. Now, he said at the beginning that, um uh, you know, I need to be more educated on this. Yeah, I do. I think almost everybody in government needs to figure out what critical race theory, the way it's being presented in schools and government and businesses in this country, what it is. And and often they don't. And he basically states right at the beginning that he's not sure what it is. Then he goes on to say, "I'm not scared of this. I don't see why we wouldn't want to learn it. I mean, we study Leninism, we study Marxism, everything like that." Okay, so those are those are uh, major philosophies that have dominated on the world stage that you should be aware of because we're fighting enemies that are uh, using those philosophies today. Who's using critical race theory? Why do we? What? Why are we introducing a new evil? This would be like if Marxism uh, existed, but hadn't been tried anywhere, and now we're teaching it in the
0: universities. Right, and it was hot on the college campuses, and the radicals and the kids were kind of into it. So the generals are saying, "Hey, all you uh, all you soldiers, you probably got to read up on this Karl Marx stuff. It's really interesting." Is it being That's presented insane.
1: in the military ac- academies as this is a load of crap? Make sure you keep it out of our schools and our businesses because it's teaching racism.
0: I don't think that's probably the way it's being introduced. Right, and it's hardly, it's, it's not an ideology at all. It's a extortion racket. It's a tool to get people to shut up so you can seize power. You call them racists no matter what they do. And if there's any policy you don't like, you point out how, you know, it has unequal outcomes on different people or races. Therefore, it must be torn apart. Never mind if it's the greatest designed by man in history. It's the best humankind has ever come up with. If you can show any sort of disparate impact, that means by definition it has to be torn down. That's crazy.
1: I just hope we, uh, are we spending enough time on teaching people in the military how to, uh, how to shoot and drive tanks and fly
0: planes and do all the things to fight wars? And how to not commit suicide when they're done. Maybe we could spend some time on that.
1: Uh, yeah, we talked about that earlier. Four times as many people who served in the 21st century wars have killed themselves as died in action. Four times as many. Um, anyway. Uh, back to the critical race theory and our i, I don 't want it in the schools i don 't want it in our government i don 't want my my business to drink
0: me to drag me into the
1: uh, conference room and make
0: me learn this crap what what Millie is falling for and i 'm sure he 's a smart guy is that it is a it 's a like i said it 's a tool masquerading as a philosophy but it 's a circular illogical philosophy and and so but Millie is is giving it respect. He's giving it air. He's 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 treating it as if it's a serious look at American society, and it's not.
1: Well, I think it's exactly what Laura Ingram said. Uh, generals see which ways the wind is blowing, and they go that direction. Whether it's the war in Iraq, uh, the war in Afghanistan, as we we knew, learned from the Washington Post, you know, they they told Barack Obama what he wanted to hear all those years, and George Bush because mm-hmm. they knew what they wanted. And now they realize, okay, this is what people want. They want us to care about this, so I'm going to care about this. And want well, I keep the spigot going and the military-industrial
0: complex uh, cruising along. I think you're absolutely right. And I've heard it said by more than one fighting man or serving man, the higher you go, the less you're a soldier and the more you're a politician. I believe that to be true. That's keeping the country safe. Let's talk for a minute about keeping your home safe with Simply Safe, the award-winning home security system. You know they're designers, a married couple. They designed it in their kitchen because their friend had their home broken into, and they were struggling to find a home security system that was simple to set up and would actually make them feel safe and not break the bank. And they invented Simply Safe 15 years ago.
1: I'll bet they thought it needs to be simple to use and not so dang expensive as they were shopping around for a home security system, because a lot of them are really expensive, and they're just impossible to use, and you end up not using them. simplysafecom slash Armstrong, that's where you go, simplysafecom slash Armstrong. You click around for about two minutes to customize the system for your home. Then it comes in the mail, you set it up yourself, and you've got 24-7 coverage, and you've got award-winning Coverage. A whole bunch of different publications have named this the best
0: system. Is simply safe. Keep you safe from fire, a burglary, medical emergency. Just go to simplysafe.com/slash armstrong. You get a free security camera because you know us Simplysafe.com/slash armstrong. 60 day risk free trial. Simplysafe.com/slash armstrong.
1: The governor of California is going to face a recall election. It's now done, and within 90 days they have to have the election because the right number of votes were counted or whatever. So old uh, what's-his-name-in-New-York, Cuomo, he apparently has dodged the bullet, even though more information comes out that he handled that whole old folks home COVID thing horribly and killed people, then wrote a book bragging about it. And then lied about it. And is gropy. Yep. Um, but he's going to hang on. But the governor of California probably will hang on. The polls show that he's not even close to in a situation where he has to worry about actually being recalled. But there's going to be an election sometime in the next 90 days, and who knows what. Uh, wildfires or people getting their power cut off could happen, or you finally getting tired of the number of homeless camps showing up in your neighborhood. I got one on my drive to work now that has just shown up like in the last couple
0: of weeks, including an RV that's now there. Well, and as we were discussing, the, the West is bone dry, tinder dry. We I think we posted at armstrongandgetty.com yesterday an aerial photograph of the Los Angeles area with the, the reservoirs and the, the Angeles National Forest and everything. And the contrast between last year and this year is just shocking. Plus, you have all these junkie camps, and the fire departments in all the big cities and, and suburban areas where they are are responding day after day, week after week to dozens and dozens of fires. Now, if you can't do the math where that's headed, you're not very good at doing math. Uh, So we'll just have to see how that evolves. But, yeah, some bum camp burns down Los Angeles. Yeah, you're going to have people pretty unhappy and looking for a change. Maybe. Maybe.
1: Um, And Nancy Pelosi has just announced that she is going to form a select committee to look into the January 6th uh, storming of the Capitol.
0: A yeah. select committee.
1: There are a number of committees that are looking into it, and the story will be written someday, but that's that. Um, what direction do we want to go? What am I feeling? Hmm, let me let me get into my zen space. Get in touch with your feelings. Get in touch with my feelings.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's too similar there. I'm sorry. I should be quiet. Oh, you know, we could talk about why iGen is experiencing much higher rates of mental health issues. What's Ijen like serious. What's What's iGen? Uh, some call them Generation Z. Uh, it's the uh, plugged-in generation. The social media's been a part of their lives forever generation, which is kind of giving away the uh, the answer. Do we know
1: what uh, George Lucas is going to do for Netflix? Has he given us any hints? Do you know that, Sean? I George know Lucas or Steven Spielberg? I'm sorry,
3: Steven Spielberg. Uh, his production company just signed up. A di- they, like The projects haven't been announced, but uh-huh. if you want to see a Steven Spielberg movie, there's a good chance you'll watch it on Netflix huh. first. Com- well, that'll be forward. some
1: good content. Watch the third episode of Loki last night. I gotta tell you, that's a pretty good show. And it's not very superhero-y at no. all. It re- I, I was never an X-Files person, but it seems more like X-Files-like show huh. than superhero show.
3: Huh. But the, again, the modern media landscape is if you want to make a weird buddy cop kind of dealing with complex stuff, issues. Right. You need to frame it with superheroes to get it made.
1: Getting back to that crazy Batman movie. Mm-hmm. The, the Joker. It wasn't about the Joker. It had nothing to do with super. It's about mental illness and all kinds of different things. But they had to tie it into the...
3: But <laughs> saying, no, we're going to make a Joker origin story is how you get it stamped and approved.
1: Right, and this Loki's a little bit like that. Yeah, he's uh, the brother of... Thor. Anyway, here they are with time travel and all the problems that get into time travel and 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 murder mysteries and all these different sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that's way more X-Files than it is a superhero movie.
0: And they probably have a timer that goes off about every 15 minutes. All right, throw in some sort of reference to Thor or something <laughs> so he can keep making this. Say Asgard. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's yeah a somebody somebody
0: write Asgard into one of your lines. I don't care who.
1: <laughs> Isn't that interesting? I mean because it, it is a it's a it's a it's a complex look at the whole idea of time travel mm-hmm. and everything. And
0: it's got nothing to do with superheroes really. <laughs> yeah. I had to throw it in there. Kind of makes it. It's kind of pathetic, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really it's, is. it's sad. It's a sad commentary on not only the entertainment industry, but but the audiences.
1: Um, so we're going to learn about iGen and a whole bunch of other things coming back. We we should tell you if you haven't heard the Britney Spears story. I know you'd roll your eyes. Why are you talking about Britney Spears? So you want to be able to commit people based on their mental health? Well, this is where you could end up. Britney Spears talking to a court yesterday and the lack of freedom she has had for years and years because her dad, with the help of a court, decided she wasn't capable of taking care of her own affairs. Um, It's it's scary.
0: Speaking of women of questionable sanity, Kamala Harris is going to visit the border. We'll bring you that story, among other things, next. Armstrong and Getty. The vice president is ready to make her first trip to the southern border.
2: The vice president will travel to El Paso, Texas on Friday.
0: That's even though the White House said two months ago.
2: Her focus is
0: not on the border, it's on uh, addressing the root causes in the Northern Triangle. Texas lawmakers are puzzled by the Harris itinerary. El Paso is on on the western tip
1: of Texas. The Rio Grande uh, Valley is almost on the southern tip of Texas it's 800 miles away to give you a sense of just how far they are chicago illinois is closer to washington dc
0: than El Paso is to McAllen. It's unclear why the vice president is visiting the border this week, but the announcement comes just ahead of a trip to the Texas-Mexico border by former President Trump.
3: Was it important for the White House to have
0: her seen at the border before former President Trump has a trip there next week? Uh, We made an assessment uh, within our government about when it was an appropriate time for her to go to the border. There you go. The West 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 part of Texas where the big problems aren't. <laughs> eh, boy,
1: you know how I feel. I, I think these trips are mostly stunts anyway, but uh, they're doing a bad job of pulling off their stunt. Yeah, politically, they're just doing. A, you couldn't do a worse job politically than they've done with handling this.
2: I would
0: agree. I would agree. But it was it was smart to delay her arrival at the border, I think, because she is a lunkhead and, and will handle it badly.
3: Come on now.
0: Rodney Scott's no lunkhead, 29-year veteran of the uh, Border Patrol. He was just relieved of his duties as the head guy. It's not totally unexpected because he was a well-known Trump supporter. Uh, during the campaign, was a little more uh, enthusiastic about politics than generally a guy in his role would do. But he was unquestionably effective and respected by his guys. But So now they're going to put somebody else in charge. All right. Wish him well. Good luck with that.
1: Uh, a, a beer company has got a pretty good idea with an NFT. Stay tuned for that. We'll have that coming up. This might be this might be the one that gets you into NFTs. It gets you excited about NFTs. You think? Yeah. I don't know.
0: So, don't what were you going to gonna tell us about Igen? Well, yeah, this uh, interesting new book out um, by a uh, by a psychology professor. And where did it go? Don't tell me I closed the wrong uh, wrong little thingy magigard here. Oh, there it is. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, uh, this gal, Jean Twenge, Twengy, she's a professor, a professor of psychology at San Diego State University, and she's got a book out, I Gen, Why Today's Super Connected Kids Are Growing Up Less Rebellious, More Tolerant, Less Happy, and Completely Unprepared for Adulthood, and what that means for the rest of us. Apparently, she was part of some sort of longest title contest. <laughs> <laughs> And was the winner. The, the title of the book's a paragraph long. Maybe that's why the kids are unhappy. Have to put book, book titles are too have long. have to put a bookmark in the title. I'll finish it tomorrow night. Yeah. Wow. iGen, why today, super-connected kids are growing up less rebellious, more tolerant, less happy, and completely unprepared for adulthood. And what that means for the rest of us. Anyway, uh, putting aside the jokes about the title, it's a really interesting uh, piece in, in the the newspaper the website uh she's talking about the incredible increase in depression among teens and young adults it's doubled in just eight years uh by 2019 nearly one out of 14 girls in the u.s experienced clinical level depression that was before the pandemic um the increase has been since 2012 Hmm, what happened in 2012 that was the first time the majority of americans owned a smartphone Mm. And she writes, uh, partly due to the sudden shift in technology, growing up is a very different experience for iGen than previous generations. Jumping ahead because we're running out of time. Uh, uh, Between Gen X in the 80s and Gen I in the 2010s, 30 years, the amount of time teens spent with their friends in person dropped by a full hour a day. Instead, teens and plenty of adults communicate via texting, etc. The advantage to digital communication is that it's always available. The disadvantage is that it's always available. It's also always expecting us to do something. It's expecting something of us. And she gets into to young girls in particular on social media. It's really interesting. We'll continue on the other side of the commercial break um, to bring some of it home. But it's I, I think it's clearly true.
1: We're going to learn something about conservatorships around the Britney Spears story.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
3: The Armstrong and Getty Show. Everyone's waiting to see
0: it, the amusement park at New York's Coney Island next month will unveil its new custom-made 68-foot-tall roller coaster, the Phoenix. Though so if you really want to thrill at Coney Island, get in the water.
1: I'm sorry, I didn't hear the joke. I thought we were coming back to the little kid. Oh, I
0: misunderstood.
1: Was the joke funny? I got confused.
0: No. not only if you're familiar with the water conditions around Coney Island. Okay, I missed it. So, am inferring are not great.
1: Uh this is a uh, tongue-tied kid. Okay, I haven't heard this. Have you ever had dreams that that you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could you you want you want him to do you so much you could do anything
0: <laughs> yeah. it's joe biden a young <laughs> joe biden <laughs> yeah
1: sometimes with your kids you need to get slow down now you got to wait over a long time to get to the so what are we doing now <laughs> please throw in a noun please
3: Oh, <laughs> what are we about to do yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> almost oh a, man
3: almost assuredly a byproduct of me never having children but I'm not that entertained by other people's kids yeah i don't I don't have that same i uh, I remember when I was childless also
1: i uh, I thought i'm sh- I, it must be a parent thing I would think when people would
3: get happy for the joy that it clearly brings other people which
1: which which reminds me of I've heard Jonah Goldberg do a bunch of different stuff talking to like super smart think tank people about when the childless crowd overtakes the childed crowd, which is the direction we're headed mm hmm uh, how that will change one pop culture, because like that sort of thing won't make the rounds, because most people that kids are like, Wh- whatever. Why won't that kid get to the point? Yeah, and um, and also with policy, government policy, government policy is built around families having kids forever, and that might change and start going in the other direction.
0: Which will exacerbate the change, won't it? I yeah. mean, it'll intensify it, speed yeah. it up.
1: There are markets yeah. we're on in where the, 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 where we're on the air that there are way more people without kids than with kids. I mean, by far.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Ah, uh, so, uh, getting back uh, at least briefly to this book by a professor of psych at San Diego State University, uh, iGen, why today's super connected kids are growing up less rebellious, more tolerant, less happy, and completely unprepared for adulthood, and what that means for the rest of us. Uh, so, she's talking about how since <clears throat> everybody had the, the, got the smartphones in like 2012, The amount of time teens spent with their friends in person dropped a full hour a day, which is very, very significant. Um, She says, although most girls and young women, the new world of social media often means uh, they feel like they're performing all the time. While popularity has always been important, popularity can now be quantified and measured in likes and followers. Girls I interviewed for my book described feeling constant pressure to keep up on social media, both by posting and by quickly commenting on their friends' posts. They eagerly discussed ways to take a break from their phones, but agreed that would only work if their friends took a break, too. Oh, wow,
1: that's interesting
0: yeah yeah and then she makes the point it's it's a good one that that's the thing about social media. It's social. It's difficult to minimize the impact of social media by deciding not to use it because everyone else is using it. That's a decent point, and I
1: overlook like that sometimes that if you are because I'm not involved, it's easy to mock. But if you are involved in it, well, of course it's rude. To your friend, like, you know, you post your kid's birthday picture, and your friends like it right away, oh, he looks so cute or whatever, then what, you ignore theirs? No, that's not cool, you can't do that, you've got to respond to it. It's part of a social compact,
0: contract. Uh, Which one has makeup in it in a mirror? That's a compact, right? (laughs) The compact. A girl who decided to give up social media would miss most of what was happening with her friends. But if she stays on the platform for many hours a day, as many girls do, she will spend more of her day seeking approval and constantly wondering if she's good enough. She'll also spend less time doing things we know are better for mental health, like exercising, sleeping, and talking to people in real life. And she says, using social media sparingly seems to be the best way forward. Light social media users tend to be the happiest. The problem is it's hard to stop. Social media sites are designed to keep us coming back as frequently as possible and for as long as possible, because that's how they make their money.
1: Right, and they've got ways to trick our uh, animal brain into wanting to do that. Not just your rational, you know, if you're not in this, you might think, well, I'm strong enough, I would. No, it's tricking your animal brain.
0: Yeah, some of the greatest minds of our generations have devoted their lives to uh, manipulating us via our neuropsychology
1: in the same way that chip makers have made the taste disappear a second after you get it so you want another chip and tricking your animal brain
0: yeah yeah so anyway it's you know it's it's pretty well known at this point i think among people who think about this sort of thing but uh, it's it's really hard to steer young people to uh, the right level of use. It's a real challenge.
1: We got this text. My favorite superhero movie was Birdman. Well, I don't know. I find that funny. <laughs> if you said something, now and said we're going to watch Birdman as a <laughs> superhero hey, come movie. Over.
3: We're going to watch some superhero movies. Yeah, and the first Birdman, thing you, you is Birdman. Oh, It's great. <laughs>
0: I don't remember Birdman. Which one was that? I mean, you, you saw it and loved it, I think. Yeah, that was, was the Michael that?
3: Keaton one where he, oh, yeah. it was kind of like a parody, <laughs> the parody, the send-up of, of superhero but stuff. But it's about aging and all kinds of different things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, be yeah. a good superhero Battle movie. Battling with <laughs> your own relevance. and Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great yeah. movie. Shot very weirdly. like It looks like it's all a single shot. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah,
0: that's right. And the, the only uh, soundtrack is drumming.
1: So coming up, we're going to talk about Britney Spears, which we uh, haven't talked about since back when she had her breakdown. But, man, she showed up in court via Zoom call, but she showed up in court in L.A. yesterday with a 23-minute screed about how evil her conservatorship is. And we need to talk some about that. As we are, you know, as a nation, we're having this conversation about the mentally ill, all the people on the streets, whether it's mentally ill people that grab guns and shoot up schools or it's all the homeless people that are mentally ill, we're leaving the mentally ill behind. Well, this is an example of what can happen If you can convince a court that someone else is mentally ill, how much power you have over them and how it can go, it would look like in the case of Britney Spears, way too far. Hmm. Way too far. And uh, you wouldn't want this to happen to you or any loved one where the court takes over your life. She's almost 40 years old. She's not allowed to take out her birth control, her IUD, by the court.
0: Wow, that's like an beyond an inmate situation. It's weird.
1: Anyway, more on that in a little bit. Forced birth control? So, uh, this is breaking news. And of course, the mainstream media is excited about it because it's tied to Trump and uh, tangentially. Rudy Giuliani has had his law license suspended for making false claims in court about the 2020 election, misleading statements. Ah. Um, And it reminded me of something I heard the other day. i got got to decide how I want to talk about this because I don't want to annoy any people. But I find it really fascinating. I was just saying to Hanson, our producer, when we saw the breaking news that Giuliani lost his law license. And I said, and I absolutely think this is true, there was a time when if you could have had a snap election, he would have won the U.S. presidency by 50 points. Yeah, Mm mm-hmm. Shortly after nine eleven walking away with it
0: when he was America's
1: mayor and the most respected guy in the country
0: had reformed New York City, he performed a miracle in turning around crime and and all sorts of stuff yeah
1: and and in particularly the way he handled nine eleven so um he the one thing he did not look like was a crackpot, so uh did he, was he always a crackpot, and we didn't know it? Did he become a crackpot? And this gets into this political conversation I heard the other day, and I'll have to look up the book. It's a guy who's written a new book about the Constitution that sounds really interesting, and he's a, a libertarian guy. Um, but uh, I was listening to a podcast about his book about the Constitution, and the question was this, and it works for the right and the left. They were only discussing the right, but it's true for the right and the left. Conservatives, particularly religious conservatives, who stated I almost said claimed, but that's prejudicial. Stated for years that these are the issues I cared about. These are the issues that are most important to me. Abandon them immediately if they decided they wanted to support Trump. Liberals who have stated for years that these are the things that are most important to me, like journalism, being honest, speaking truth to power, all kinds of different things that mattered to me so much. Mm-hmm. Disappeared immediately in the face of battling Trump, and the question is: Were all of these people, all of us, in a lot of cases, were we all phony all along? I mean, was our was our how cons, uh, our conservative bona fides this deep all along? Are liberal bona fides this deep all along? And we and they were that they were just paper thin, and the first push against them. We, uh, you know, whatever you just did. This is my person or this is the person I got to stop.
0: I I think that's a misreading of the facts. But uh, go ahead. I I also haven't read the the book.
1: Go ahead. Well, it's got nothing to do with the book, really. But go ahead. What's the misreading of the facts?
0: I think that from the conservative point of view, they saw Trump fighting against the things that they found most dangerous to Mm -hmm. society. So even though he didn't represent their values, he fought against the negatives and can and liberals, even though they had to trade some of their principles, saw Trump as such a threat to everything that you know they felt like they had to hmm.
1: that's kind of a different version of the same thing though so you you know religion, yeah, yeah, I'll grant you that religious yeah. conservatives who you you would have never guessed after years and years and years about the sanctity of marriage and all these different things would erase you know elect a thrice divorced serial womanizer like Trump. Mm-hmm. Or liberals who claim so much to care about the truth and all these different things would say, ah, hell with the truth. We need to stop Trump.
0: Yeah. Well, and there was also a hell of a lot of self, uh, not self-delusion exactly, but it's like when you drink so you don't have to think about your problems. Um, I think people just uh, didn't want to engage in a lot of self-reflection because they felt like the war was on. It's like the guy in the foxhole next to me is a bastard, but he's fighting on my side and he's a pretty good shot. So, I love him for the moment.
1: Uh Uh-huh. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't actually know the answer to this, because I've I've been surprised on both sides how things that seem to matter to these crowds a lot just kind of evaporated overnight. And uh, are they going to come back at some point or not? Or, uh, you know, one of the conclusions by some smart people talking about this is it's just the flawed nature of man. I mean, it just gets to we are... We are not as good as we claim to be all the way around. It's just that's just the human
0: condition. Well, that's clearly so.
1: Yeah. We, we I have... know I'm not. <laughs> we have things we aspire to and then when push comes to shove, eh, we're not quite we're not quite up to what we'd like to be. I I I don't know. But I mean, are, at some point will we care about integrity and balanced budgets and not spending more money than we take in? I mean, will that matter? Will at some point we care about the truth and uh and fairness? And not yeah. just our side?
0: Well, you know, there comes a time, there come times rather, because it happens over and over again, where you have to take half a loaf. Yeah. It's all that's offered. Yeah. You got this choice or that choice. Right, exactly. So, so do you want Hillary? No. Okay, then vote for the woman. What?
1: Yeah. I, that's not an issue I ever care about anyway. I don't care what the, I don't care what the CEO of my company is doing in his personal life. But it's between him and his wife.
0: That's what, what if he has like a, a dozen me. slaves? I mean, <laughs> that would be you different. don't care? You're what not if a he womanizer, kills people you're, you're for a, pleasure?
1: You're not a womanizer, you're a slaveholder. That's a
0: different thing. <laughs> well, you, you said you don't care what he does. No,
1: I just on want that, to on plumb that the depths area, of your amorality. I would care if my CEO is a slaveholder.
0: All right, we've established that. Or the
1: president. Jack,
0: <laughs> Jack grudgingly Jack, admits. Jack, Jack grudgingly admits. <laughs> He'd prefer that we not work for slaveholders.
1: <laughs> The poor plight of Britney Spears could actually matter to you. What? Stay tuned.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Britney movement and so much of it uh, and look I'll admit I, I used to watch okay they're fans of hers they're rooting for her; they want her to be okay but you know I'm hearing folks now talk about you know what this is going to bring some attention to the whole conservatorship laws and so this could be more than just about Britney now yeah
1: so it had the hook of Britney Spears if you're into Britney Spears news it also had the hook of conservatorship laws and I learned more about conservatorships yesterday than I knew before and what they can be if they get out of hand. This one looks like it's out of hand, although the other side hasn't had its say yet. So let me just read from the New York Times piece. Uh, In a rare public appearance in court, the singer gave an impassioned speech about her treatment under the conservatorship that controls her life, telling the judge she would like it to end. Britney Spears told an L.A. judge yesterday that she has been drugged, compelled to work against her will, and prevented from removing her birth control device over the past 13 years as she pleaded with the court to end her father's legal control of her life. I've been in denial. I've been in shock. I'm traumatized, said Miss Spears, who turns 40 in December, in an emotional 23-minute address by phone that was broadcast in the courtroom. I just want my life back. It's the first time the world had heard from Miss Spears uh, since the, the, the struggles back in 2008 when she was in the news every single day. Remember when she shaved her head and smashed the window out of the car and all that sort of stuff? Mm-hmm. And there were stories going around about her... Uh, her mental health, potential substance abuse, etc. Her dad petitioned the court, got control over her daughter, and has control had control for the last 13 years. She says, I shouldn't be in a conservatorship. I truly believe it is abusive, and the laws need to change. Um, now, I don't know the details. Maybe she was someone you needed to take her kids away from her and everything like that, but for 13 years, she doesn't have control of anything in her life. She detailed how... So she has an IUD, birth control device. She's not allowed to take it out. She's had the same boyfriend for years who she wants to marry and have a kid with. But she's not allowed to even really date him in
0: any normal way whatsoever. uh, She—that's. This seems like you're locked in a high-security mental institution treatment. She's given $2,000 a
1: week allowance uh, while she's generating millions and millions of dollars. She made the point uh, during her speech that... She's the only one working in this whole crowd. Her dad and everybody around her, and a bunch of different lawyers are making money off of her. She's the one going on stage every night. She doesn't want to do it. She told uh, last year. She said she didn't want to perform anymore. They, they tell her when she's going to practice. She's told Miss Spears, you need to be, uh, you need to be a practice at. Uh, Four in the afternoon, Monday, Thursday, Friday, we're giving you Friday off. She doesn't have any control over that. How many shows she's going to do, where she's going to do shows. She wanted to stop. She said she was burnt out, uh, had no interest in the dancing and everything like that. And they put her on lithium to try to keep her practicing and singing and everything like that, to bring in the money for uh, the people
0: that control her life. Yeah, it sounds just completely insidious. I would like to hear the other side of it. Um, but I don't understand why she'd be working at all if she doesn't want to. I mean, she's got zillions of dollars. Well, her conservatorship does, her parasite dad. I've known That's a. my opinion.
1: I've known a number of people that were in some really not good points in their lives, and they didn't get their kids taken away, or uh, you know, their their finances taken away, or how, where what job they need to work, or uh, all these different sorts of things. Maybe they should. I don't know. But the, the, with normal people, where you don't have this kind of money involved. This doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. Boy, this sounds like a story that ends tragically. Mm-hmm. And then everybody will say, oh, yeah, exploited since she was a little kid. It was terrible with her dad. and the rest. It was absolutely tragic. And then we'll worship the next pop princess churned out by the Disney factory.
1: As I was listening to this, I thought it's amazing that she hasn't done something really awful already. Um, and that's a long time to live a life where other people are telling you what you're doing and when you're doing it with your personal life and your professional life, as they
0: mooch off of you? Yeah, I remember when Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys was dealing with his mental health struggles, and there was this uh, psychiatrist or somebody, rather, who had uh, gotten a conservative ship, and and he abused the hell out of it. He turned out to be a rotten guy, and it was crooked and and not good for Brian at all. And he finally got free from that and and resumed his life, thank God. But, yeah, I, I think this might be useful for shining a light on this sort of deal. Um, but I have no idea what the truth is.
1: Well, and I think it's particularly interesting at this time that we're talking about, like with the homeless situation and with uh, uh, people that go crazy with guns, we keep saying there are all these mentally ill people out there and there aren't enough mental hospitals and we need to have more people in mental hospitals. Okay, well, who's going to decide to put them in the mental hospital? Mom, dad, brother, whoever? And it, it, how often is it the right decision? Or did they end up like with Britney Spears where people lose their freedom and they're
0: fine? And then how often is the case reviewed? That's what yeah. I want to know. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, we were talking earlier about how there's a three-year backlog on uh, going over the applications of the translators, uh, the Afghan translators, whose lives are going to be over very, very soon if we don't leave them in. There's a three-year lag to process their paperwork. If all of a sudden we have a system that's got uh, you know 15 million mentally ill people in conservatorships or something like that, how long a backlog is it going to be to go over their cases time and time again? Because you have to keep going back. Yeah.
1: How crazy are you if you're able to go on stage every night and generate millions of dollars for people? It takes a certain amount of having your wits about you to do that, I would think. I would think, yeah. Armstrong and Getty.